Welcome to Christian International's Teaching of the Week, a podcast where we dive into the best handpicked lessons from Christian International's vast library of sermons, lessons, and conferences. Man, our topic today is seven mountains and how that we can influence the seven mountains for the kingdom. And I think this is a key. I like the fact that we're on doing this today because of all the things we've learned up till now, this is what's going to implement in the world. How do we get out there and change the world, not just our own churches? How do we get outside of these walls and make a difference in our communities and in our businesses? And so this is an exciting time. Each one of these panel members has served on various boards for Christian International and are all early adopters, ministers in the marketplace, some have written books. I'll let them tell you about themselves, but there's there's so much wisdom up here about this that obviously we can't do it any kind of justice in this time period, but listen carefully and let God speak to your heart from these who have been there and done that and are leading by example in the kingdom. You'll be seated. I'm going to start, ladies first, with Kimberly Thomas, and uh, we'll let you say who you are. My name is Kimberly Thomas. Good morning. And I appreciate getting an opportunity to share with you this morning. And as you know, this is a panel, so some of you had actually submitted questions and we're asking questions about what kingdom influencers are like. So I want to start and open this morning about actually answering one of those questions. When we're talking about kingdom influencers, I want to set a little bit of a framework, looking at Galatians 1.5. And in Galatians 1.5, it shows that Paul was called by God. And that word called is in the Greek kaleo, and the Latin is vocare. And what that means to us is that as we are called by God to be influencers in the marketplace, to be influencers in the seven mountains, that we have to understand what our calling is. So that vocare is actually our vocation. And I know sometimes in the marketplace we get a little bit of challenge understanding what our vocation is versus our avocation versus the activity that God has called us to do. And so I hope this morning we bring a little bit of clarity to you for that. So I believe that my vocation, that thing that God called me to do from the foundation of the earth, the thing that God has created me to do is to help other people achieve what God has called them to achieve. And over the years, that's meant a lot of different things. Sometimes that's being in my avocation. The things that I do is being in business. I run large companies. I've run small companies. I've been an entrepreneur. I started different companies. I've done those things at all different levels. But the reason I was able to do that and engage in that is because I understood what my vocare, my calling, my vocation in the body of Christ is. So it's easy to make decisions about how to transition into all sorts of different things and influence different mountains because each one of those opportunities actually continued that pathway into walking out what God had called me to do. And some people ask, how do you influence different mountains? Well, that means different things to different people. But because we understand that we are part of a different kingdom and the kingdom of God rules and reigns over all the other kingdoms and all the other mountains, then we can participate in whichever mountain, however God calls us to participate in that mountain. So I'll just share a couple of examples in my own life of how God has called me to do that. We hope that you have been enjoying this installment of the Teaching of the Week. This session was recorded during our 2017 International Gathering of Apostles and Prophets Conference. I wanted to let you know that we have another conference coming up in February from the 19th to the 22nd that is going to be an incredible time of encounter and impartation. It is the Watchman Leadership Summit, and the theme is unshakable. For more information on this, you can visit our website at christianinternational.com. We invite you to join us in person to experience a Christian International Conference firsthand. We'll see you there. So in the mountain of business, as I mentioned, I've run companies and organizations and nonprofits and ministries at sea level and and 
that's that is just that's one piece and in that the activity was one piece of that the avocation the actual running of the companies and the entities and the businesses the enterprises was one piece of that but the overall piece of that was to help other people get ready for the next thing that God had for them to do. So even in the avocation piece, the actual activity that I was doing, I was still focused on the reason that I was doing it, and that is helping other people achieve what God had called them to do. So there's always a direct connection between our vocation, our calling, and our avocation, the things that we're doing. In another mountain, in the mountain of government. So my husband and I feel like we are called to multiple mountains. Some people are called to one, some people two, some people three. But we feel like we're called to multiple mountains. And God calls us to engage in those mountains in different ways. So in the government mountain, my original thought was when, when I understood that we were called to the mountain of government, it's like I thought, well, politics. And people kept asking me, are you going to run for office? And I have no intention of running for political office. I admire people that do that, but that is not my gifting. That is not my calling. And so as I was praying about how to actually engage in government, God opened some miraculous doors. Our family anointing, and we talked about, we, we've heard so much about this as a house of warriors. So our family anointing is to be warriors and protectors. And one of the way that that has manifested is to be engaged in things of national security. So God opened opportunities through business doors and through government doors to work with high-level government leaders and in the military, one, two, three-star generals. And they actually brought me in and a, a group of people, about five other C-level business people, to look at their strategic plans, to use business best practices to influence government, to influence these leaders so that they could influence a nation. Amen? And so using those opportunities, understanding how each one of these things are connected. And I'm going to repeat this over and over. We have to know what our vocare, our vocation is, that calling in Christ so that we can understand how to implement and, and engage in our avocation and our activity. And so we've been involved in ministry for years. I just got back from a couple-week trip in Asia. I was in Malaysia and Hong Kong ministering, working with the apostolic leaders there who run networks of churches, again, delivering the message of the Lord. And it's easy to engage in those kinds of activities because it continues to do what I feel like I'm called to do. So in that mountain of religion, going in and working with leaders of ministries, of churches, of apostolic networks, and helping them continue to develop and promote and see the kingdom of God move in their nations. And in family, that and Sandy Calkin is the chairman of a board of the Bear Foundation. So how do we influence families? We influence families by being a group of spirit-led prophetic people who engage in, in, in this case, in foster care for children that have no other opportunity to have families. So we're changing the lives of children every day. In under Sandy's tenure, hundreds of thousands of children's lives. So we have the opportunity as kingdom-minded people to make righteous decisions that influence organizations, that influence people, that influence legislation, that change the lives of people. That's influence. Amen? And so as we're looking at these different opportunities, it's the engagement. People ask all the time, uh, I understand the concept of seven mountains. I understand that there are seven mountains. I understand the, the principles of that, but what are we doing to engage in it? And that's what I want to encourage you with today. In Ephesians 4, it says that we are to, to live our lives worthy of our calling. In 2 Peter 2.9, that we are chosen, we are kaleo, to be participants in a holy nation. And so I encourage you this morning, and as you're listening to the rest of the panelists, think about that. Even go back before the Lord. If you don't know what you are 
called to do from a kaleo, from a vocare, from a kingdom perspective, and you just feel like you're kind of stuck in vocational things, avocational things, or activity things, and you aren't fulfilling and engaging fully what God has called you to do, I encourage you to relook at that. And recently, I had an opportunity to, to do that. I sit on several boards of directors for different organizations. And so education has been a way that I believe that we can change next generations. So I was asked to be on the board of directors and advisory board for Baylor University. Some of you may have heard of that. But the reason that that was an important, and I'm busy, I've got a lot going on. I have several businesses that I run and, and lots of activity. But the reason that that was important, I believe that God was setting me up to be a voice and an influence in the educational system that could change the lives of students and then change the lives of a next generation. And so I'm participating now in a group that of entrepreneurs. We have a reciprocity program between a university here in the U.S. and in China. So now we're making collaborative effort to change students, change their minds, change their thinking from a kingdom perspective in the mountain of education. So I believe there is not one mountain that we can't influence. I believe that you are all called to influence many mountains in many ways. The challenge is that we have to be open to whatever God has called us to do and how he's called us to do it. And many, many times it is very much outside our way of thinking. And so just as we heard this morning that we have to to look at things outside the wall, outside normal constructs. But I believe that just as we sung this morning, that God is breaking every chain, that God is breaking every chain that keeps us bound from fulfilling our calling and walking out those avocations and those activities that influence every mountain. Amen? Amen. And now we have... And now we have Sandy Culkin. Well, I'm a Jewish businessman, and um, I, I never felt comfortable with that in the Christian world until I found out that there were a bunch of Jewish businessmen, including Jesus, and um, uh, that changed the world. But you have to know who you are, and you have to really know the gifts that God has placed inside of you. I really found out why God made Gentiles. I don't know if you know that. Somebody had to pay retail, you know. <laughs> but, but Bishop Hammond, as I like to refer to him uh, many times as my spiritual dad, but he changed my life in really trying to understand who I was that I could go out and influence the world. And I'll tell you some of the things that have happened in, in a minute, because people ask me all the time, how do you do this? How do you do this? How do you start? Uh, you know, what's, what's the thing that makes a difference in, in being an influencer? And uh, I came down to speak at CI. I was uh, in the late 90s, and I was asked to do a conference. Um, Leon had asked me. I'd met Leon, and um, they called me, and I, I asked around about, about this Christian internationally. And, um, you know, a lot of people that I related to, because I was working in the world of big church, they said, oh, don't go, don't mess with those people. You know, they're like, oh, no, no. Uh, and then I was at, speaking at a church where a guy had, was feeding snakes. He had snakes, you know, and I figured, uh, you, you know, do I I really want to ask him, but he's the guy that said, you need to go to CI, here, putting a mouse in a snake's mouth. <laughs> so uh, I listened to the snake charmer, and I went, and I, and, and, I, um, uh, and I went to CI, and I was speaking, and as I was done speaking, you know, I always tried to be a minister. I thought, well, you know, I do business, but I'm really a minister. You know, I got saved. Uh, somebody was speaking in Hebrew, and uh, I understood it, and that's how I got saved. And so that stuff does happen, by the way, you know. And, and so the point that I'm, I'm trying to make is he stood up in front of me, and I'm supposed to be the minister, right? And he stood up in front of me, and he said, Thus saith the Lord, you have questioned in your mind whether you are a businessman doing ministry or a minister doing business. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, you are a businessman who does ministry. Set me free in a heartbeat. Now, to bounce off of that, 
If you really want to be successful, I mean, I've been in major corporations. Uh, Bishop introduced me in Atlanta one time as the millionaire maker, the maker of millionaires. I wanted to crawl under a table. I thought, oh my gosh, what people think I'm going to say. But I realized that I have literally helped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of companies and people make millions, some hundreds of millions, some processes that uh, have on their way to make billions. And so here's the combo. I'm going to give you the combination. Are you ready? And if you grab this combination, because one of it, you're right here. The first three, the three things that have made it work, if you want to influence out into the world, number one is I truly believe that you have to adhere to biblical principles and those things that have stayed and tested and tried for thousands of years in God's hands. And as a part of that, like a sub like a, an A under that, is the prophetic. Uh, one word from God is better than thousands and thousands of words that you can think from yourself, you know. One word from God. And I, I've gone into companies where uh, people, I've followed people in, and, uh, you know, God would just show me one thing, one thing. And I believe that, that as prophetic people, we can ask God to show us the one thing that will change and make the difference and to help us be an influencer. And when you start helping companies make money, businesses make money, I took a nonprofit, Kimberly shared, uh, she's on my board, by the way, and I'll tell you why she's on my board, and her husband, Bill, and Larry Bazette. And I'm going to tell you why they're on my board. Because they're prophetic. And I want people who can hear the Lord on my board. And I took a, a nonprofit that was a couple million dollars in debt. And, you know, we look at our balance sheet, we have almost 100 million in assets. And we're changing the lives of 7,000 kids a year in therapeutic foster care, the largest private foster care agency in America. And we have done it by the prophetic, by godly principle. But the second thing that we've done is that we use good business practices. Kimberly referred to good business practices, and, and people want answers. I found that people want to know what to do. They want to know. It only took me 35 years to be an instant success, let me tell you. But I've learned that people want to know what they, uh, they want to know how to get from point A to point B. They want to know how to make money. They want to know how to make things stable. They want to know what their next steps are. They want to know that. And so good business practices in combination with the prophetic, I truly believe that's, that's a dynamic duo. But the dynamic trio is uh, I'm the largest provider of customized behavioral assessments in the world. We assess 1,440 different combinations of styles. Uh, listen, I, I could give you an assessment. I could put you on a couch. I'll charge you 300 bucks. Well, maybe, uh, Bishop, maybe that's too cheap. Maybe 400 or... Oh, we'll do it for free. But anyway, oh, free. Are you kidding me? That's not Jewish. Anyway, <laughs> but you get to know things about people very, very quickly. And I think in your churches, in your businesses, the greatest asset you have are people. It's not your building. It's not your, yeah, your structure. It's not your bank. It's your people. And if your people, I've had one, one topic for 35 years where there is agreement, there is power. Where there is disagreement, there is a lack of power. And when there is unity, you can, you can accomplish uh, amazing, amazing things. So the moral of all that I'm saying here is, number one, you have to know yourself. Know thyself. And you have to know the gifts that God gave you. You have to be a bit introspective here and appreciate that when God has given you something, I mean, I, I didn't realize I was going to come out Jewish. I, I mean, you know, I just, I mean, I had no control over who gave my name and, uh, uh, you know, who my parents were and all that. I mean, I had no control over that. But I have, that's who I am. It's who you are. You know, you don't, have to make mis you don't have to make excuses for who you are. You don't have to blame for who you are. You don't have to do it. It's who you are. And so you are divinely and fearfully and wonderfully made. So take that and build on it. Build on it. Build on it. Don't excuse yourself. Don't, don't feel bad because it's not the same as somebody else's. But if you want to truly influence the world, you're going to have to take what God has given you, and you're going to have to use that because that's what you have. 
And so that's exactly what I did. I grew up in a home where business was important, and it's something that was inside of me. When I got saved, I didn't realize that business was important in the Christian world. It didn't seem like I went to churches. They wanted my money, but they didn't want me to necessarily have any influence over there, you know? But, you know, when I, when I came to CI and I recognized that the, I was the first fruits of the prophetic business. I was the first ordination, true bishop, the first one. And I saw the impartation that came as that because he spoke over me. He says, you're going from the millions to the billions. I'm going tell you, I work in billion-dollar companies. And I don't care if it's a billion-dollar company or if it's a little mama-papa store. They face the exact same thing. It's just a different zero. Same stuff. Same stuff, same issues, just maybe more of it, more intense. And so um, when you recognize that, then you can say, what mountain is it that you want to tackle? I've tackled the mountain of business, and I've done it successfully. I've tackled the money of organization and big church. You know, I'll go into a church. I'll go into a ministry. I look at it like a businessman. Put me on the pulpit. I can preach it. I guarantee you, you know, uh, get me up there. I'll preach it. But I feel like what happens behind the scenes in a ministry, in an organization, is really, if you can't pay your bills, you have no organization. And so that is really the, the truth. And so I, I look at it from that perspective. So the mountain of ministry, the mountain of business, the mountain of social work and foster care. Uh, I've worked in the government. Uh, listen, I've worked in all the security agencies. I don't know how we do business in the government. I'll be honest with you. If I didn't have a security clearance and promised that I would not say anything, I would write a book. <laughs> But, but you know what? It's, uh, it, it's the same dynamic. It's the dynamic of people, people, uh, people not in agreement, layers of things. And so this is what I want to leave, leave you with. I just want to say a real quick prayer over you. I would like to pass what God gave to me. It's a gift, and I recognize it as that. I've embraced it. I've honored it. I honor those that are over me spiritually. I honor, I honor the elders. I honored my grandfather who kind of poured things inside of me. I honored my parents. I honor those. I don't go in saying I know everything because I really don't. And I, I just honor the fact that I want to be a lifelong learner. And I honor the, the way God made me. I honor that. I honor my wife, who is so supportive and has been a wonderful, wonderful wife for 42 years. I honor those things. I'm thankful. I honor all the time. And so I want to impart that to you, because if you are thankful and happy, you will have that much more to be thankful and happy about. If you're discouraged and depressed, you'll have that much more to be discouraged and depressed about. And you will not touch a nation. You will not touch a mountain. You will not touch people. You'll not touch your next-door neighbor by being unthankful and discouraged and depressed. And so I want to release. There's been a, a time of release. I'm looking at it from a business perspective. And so I just want to impart. God gave something to me, and I want to give it to you. I believe in impartation. I believe it. I believe Bishop imparted to me, and so it came, and I want to impart to you. You have a ministry. I know what it is to take a ministry and to make it work and to make it profitable. Listen, they didn't want us to pray over kids. I take federal money. I take state money, and we have overcome it. We're the best at what we do. They can't, they can't do without us. So there you are. We do it differently. Nancy, I do it differently. Love you, dear. But, uh, you know, I, we, we do it differently. But it's the way, it was the model God gave me, how to work within that system. And so we take very little money, you know, from churches and whatnot, because our budget is so huge that we have to work within a different system. So anyway, are you ready for some impartation? Okay, put your hands up. I'm going to speak it over you. Father, right now, you have given to me gifts, gifts to turn around businesses, gifts to go in and to make people millionaires, gifts that have been able to, to touch the mountain of social work, the mountain of government, the mountain of ministry, the mountains, Lord, you have given me. I speak right now that there is an impartation, that that Jewish anointing, I had no idea what it was. You gave it to Abraham, the first Jewish millionaire. I pass it so freely out to those that have come to this conference. I 
speak it out that many of them are ministers who do business, but there are many here that are business people who do ministry. I speak and pass that anointing freely. I speak it out that there's prosperity at the end of their hands. I speak it out that you'll give God thoughts, that they'll value the prophetic, they'll value good business, they'll value the word of God, they'll value those things, they'll value understanding of people in a new way. I speak it out, decree it in Jesus' name. This is a new day. You will touch your mountains in Jesus' name. Oh, I love Sandy Culkin. Amen. Uh, Wilma and I are thrilled to be with you this week, honoring 50 years. My wife, Wilma, and I just celebrated our second anniversary toward our second 50. Just check it if you're with me on this. <laughs> Those of you that missed that, 52 years. That's the way that works. So glad to be here today. And with, uh, with this panel that's up here, awesome leaders. I come a little bit into this a little bit differently. I've been a pastor most of my life until the Lord began to show me something as a pastor. I had two major passions. They're still the passion of my life. One passion is the presence of God. The other passion is revival. That's what led me to marketplace ministry. It was when I discovered in the Bible, the first person who was filled with the spirit of God, Exodus chapter 31, was a businessman named Bezalel. And he was filled with the spirit in order to allow him to do all kinds of work. And I said, wow, the presence of God is for work. And then out of that, I began to see then that ministry in the marketplace, bringing the presence of God into the marketplace can bring revival to the world. And so my, my ministry shifted from ministry in our local congregation. In fact, I preached marketplace ministry to our local church for about a year. And our elders said, maybe you should take this on the road. I'm not sure if they wanted it on the road or if they didn't want to hear the message again. But it was, it was that sort of thing. We had no invitations, knew nowhere to go. The first place was to somebody's living room. And, uh, and it went from there and have been doing this now serving the Lord, teaching people about what these guys are saying, you're in the ministry. And it's, it's really a simple thing, folks. It really is simple. God has called you to minister. Now, let me just check. How many full-time ministers are here today? Just raise your hand, full-time ministers. By the way, if the rest of you have been listening to us, your hand should go up. We are all called to serve him full-time. We have a misnomer, full-time ministry. In fact, we've done a disservice, folks. Come on, pastors, listen to me. You've done a disservice when you stand up and give your testimony that goes like this. I was working out there in the world. What the people heard was that wicked, sinful world, and God called me to be a pastor. And what they heard was, wow, I can't be in the world of God unless I'm a pastor. So they began to hear an improper message that you didn't intend on it. It happened. They heard the message that I'm not really called until I leave the world and become a pastor or work in the church world. Oh boy, if we do that, this is all that'll ever happen is something in here. And that was never God's plan. So let me ask you again, how many of you are in full-time ministry? Oh, it looks a lot better right now. Thank you very much. You've received your call. Sandy anointed you for it, imparted it to you, got the anointing of Abraham and Sandy Culkin. And what was point two and three, by the way? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're all called of God. But when I got into this marketplace ministry, God began to expand it, and I started out slow in somebody's living room. We started moving from there. I finally was doing 40 conferences a year. One of the groups I connected with, there were four of us that were traveling the U.S. doing business conferences. It was Peter Wagner, Linda Reelsbrook, Chuck Pierce, and I. And we were traveling around, and we were up in Connecticut, and we were at a local church doing a conference. There was not this many people there, small crowd there. And somebody came and said, hey, there's a pastor from up in Providence, Rhode Island who would like to speak to the group at lunch. We said, who is he? 
Somebody said his name, and we said, well, okay. If he wants to talk to the group at lunch, he could do it. He stood up, and he stood up with a, with a whiteboard and started drawing that whiteboard. He started drawing mountains here and mountains here and mountains here. You, you know who that might have been? Lance Wallnow, pastoring a little church of 100 people in Providence, Rhode Island. And we sat there with our jaws dropped down saying, who is this guy? How many of you have heard of Lance Wallnow? At that point in time, nobody knew him. He wanted to meet Peter and Chuck because they could introduce him to the world, which they did. And uh, Lance has introduced the world now to the Seven Mountain Movement. Have you heard of the Seven Mountain Movement? If, if you, you understand then that there is a place in that for the church worker, there's a place in that for all of us in the body of Christ to begin moving with power. When Wilma and I first started traveling, we were, again, unknown small church. Nobody knew who we were. We started getting invitations and we found that every city we went to, it could be sunny out. God would cause it to rain during the first conference. And it was like, we began to realize it was a sign from the Lord. I'm here with you. You're doing what you're called to. Nobody else understood the sign. We did. And finally it happened so often we'd walk into a city and they'd say, well, we got a sunny weekend. And and Wilma would say, well, it's going to rain. No, it's not. Yes, it is. And sure enough, it would rain every time because we knew that God was going to cause it to rain simply because he was speaking to us. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You're in the place I've called you to be. I've got a sign for you. So we did this for a number of years. Somewhere along the line, God put me in a bubble. And, uh, and it was like I disappeared. Do, do any of you ever feel like God just moved you, just removed you, put you in a place where suddenly the world changed around you and, and uh, no one knew who you were? And, uh, and that happened to us. And it happened, I don't know, four or five years ago. And uh, it was like, what is going on, Lord? And, and the Lord began speaking, and I got another book out of that, and it's coming, and, and we're going, and we're just sitting wondering and praying and believing and getting revelation and trusting. And, and all of a sudden, I get this prophetic word. It was here two years ago, by the way, at this conference. Bishop, we went in your office. Your words, of course, are life-changing, but they change direction as well. And uh, that, that word in his office, there were three or four people prophesying, and all three of them said to me, you're going to get an answer about your future in three months. It was either in three months or the first of the year. And if you're in October, you know that they're going to coincide. So three months later, I didn't know it, but I got a phone call from a buddy of mine, and he said, uh, he said hey, Rich, I've just, I, I've just been asked to do something with God TV. I don't know what it's going to turn out to be, but I'll keep you informed, and And uh, pretty soon he called me back and he said, you know, it looks like I may take over as the president of God TV. And if I do, you're coming with me. And I still didn't know what that meant. And, uh, but that was that January, that was a year and a half, year and three quarters ago. He's now the CEO and president of God TV. And he's asked me to do a show called God at Work on God TV, which is which is going to launch on November 20th this year here, uh, not just in the U.S., God TV is around the world. We've got 350 million viewers, and uh, my second guest on the show was Bishop Hammond. (laughs) Bishop and I will be on the air on November 27th, 8.35 p.m. Eastern Time, 7.35 here, 6.35 where I live in Colorado, you can figure out what it is for you. And if you have direct TV, you can get God TV on channel 365. But if you don't and have a computer, God.TV. You're on 24-7 around the world. And what he's done is he's taken this little bubble and said, I had to put you there. And right now I'm going to push a hole in that bubble and This message about God at work, which is the title of the books I've written, God at work is going to go around the world. Bishop and I had 19 minutes to talk. All of my guests, we have a couple minutes to open and a few minutes to close and a a spot in between. We have 19 minutes. And by the way, I've, I've done 11 shows. We got 11 in the, in the tank right now. Sandy was going to be one of my guests, ended up having a, a family, not a family, best friend emergency, couldn't make it there. He'll be there the next time. But so we've done 11 shows. I t- had 19 minutes with all of them. I'm going to tell you something. Bishop said twice as much as anybody else. 
Not because we had more time, but he talks twice as fast. And I asked him half as many questions as I did anybody else because he told me in advance, ask me one question and I'll take it. And, uh, it <laughs> and, and then Bishop looked at me and said, you know, my flight doesn't leave until tonight. You think it'd be all right with the team here if I just prophesied for a while? Well, I tell you what, everybody at God TV in the back room there was sitting around. Suddenly I thought, there used to be a few people watching me tape this show. They were all back there. Because Bishop was prophesying, speaking the word of the Lord, prophesied over God TV what's going to happen. God TV went through a rough time, a rough patch a couple of years ago. And uh, we lost a lot of supporters, a lot of money. It's, it's got a whole new face now. It's, uh, it's, it's awesome what God is doing. It's going to be full of revival. It's going to be full of the presence of God. It's going to be full of the prophetic. And it's just, it's just so exciting what God did that day with us in that studio in Orlando. By the way, we film in the, in the studios of Reinhard Bonnke. So you walk in there and there's revival feeling all over the place. And, uh, so, so this is what, what's happened. Now my future, the bubble got burst and we're going to be speaking God at work. Whatever, wherever, whoever God is doing work through, that's who I want on the show. And, uh, so I've got, quite honestly right now, folks, I have more people that want to get on the show than I can get on. But that's all right because I want, I've got to have 50 guests a year, 52. And I'm going to do this for 10 years, I hope. I'm 10 years younger than Bishop. Got to keep going as long as he is. So I got another 10 years at that point. You're just starting, right? Yeah. So we'll just, we'll just keep on going after that. So again, God has called you to your ministry place. That's what the Seven Mountains is all about. That's what God at Work is all about. That's what Marketplace Ministry is all about. He's going to bring revival. He's going to bring it through you. You start it by bringing the presence of God that's in you into your workplace. People get close to you. They have no choice but to get close to God. He's going to come off on them. You look for the opportunities. God is going to minister through you. Father, thank you for blessing us today with the opportunity to speak your word and now to speak into the lives of your ministers, some of who for the first time are recognizing they're the called one. God called me. This is who I am. This is my ministry. This is what I get to do. Father, fill them now with your spirit like you did Bezalel to do all kinds of workmanship in the name of Jesus. Amen. Just thought I'd give a shout out to Jesus. <laughs> He's the one we're trying to make famous. Amen. I'm Ron Rayon. I uh, was 23 years, one foot in the corporate world. I ended up running all of Whirlpool's cooking business all around the world, tech centers in India and China and all over the Europe and South America and so forth. So. It was a five billion dollar business. When they gave it to me, it was two and a half. So we did good from about 03 to 09. Then I retired from there and I run Rayon Solutions LLC. If you want to know what God has to say about your business, I'm your man, you know. So that's just what Sandy was talking about, right? The uh, hearing from God on the one hand and business acumen and good practice, world fame, you know, world class business practice and then knowing people and um, your vocation, avocation, your activity. These are all great things. And God at work, I'll pick up right there. I thought about John 517. Does anybody remember what that said? My father is always at his work to this very day. And I too am working. And before I go any farther, I was sitting there and God said, I'm angry. And I, and I said, what are you angry about? He said, I'm angry at the spirit of estrangement that has bothered some of these people and told them they don't belong here. So can I take just a moment and cast out devils? There's a spirit that says you do not belong to this company. There's a spirit that says you're not part of the success 
that has been laid before you an open door. And the Lord says, I'm casting out the spirit of estrangement. You belong here. This is your tribe. This is your people. Receive your anointing and go forth in the power of the name of Jesus. Turn to somebody and say, you belong here. He's not mad anymore. <laughs> God gets angry when, when the devil influences his people. So anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah, God's at work. Work was created in the garden. Work was created before the devil showed up, right? God made man for work, and he made work for man. The question is, how many of you are really excited about going back to work on Monday? Will you stand up? Those who are excited about going to work Monday, stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Come on, stand up. Your work has been created for you. You were created. You are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. And the work has been created. You've been created to do the work. There's a divine nature in work. You can sit back down. <laughs> Just no kidding. <laughs> work ought to be so fun. How many believe Bishop Hammond got here and we celebrated 50 years and that he got here by not being excited about Monday morning? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> He's, he has put his hand on me and I've been excited about working ever since. Hallelujah. And the success that I have seen in business is an amazing thing. And I've found that what I have received, I can freely give. It's a man in our church. The bank went through some things and they put him out. He's married, got four children, comes to Pastor Ron, says, I don't have a job anymore. So what do we do? We go to the front of the church and we walk back and forth and we pray in tongues. Never underestimate the power of praying in tongues. There's 70 reasons to pray in tongues, but one of the reasons is to get you a job. <laughs> to find your identity. To find your next place. So we prayed in tongues. The Lord said, ask him what he can do. I said, what can you do? He said, well, I don't know. I, all I have is a Bible college education. Don't have much business education. I got this job at the bank. I'm ministering for you in the church. I'm trying to make a, I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. What can, I said, what can you do? God says, what can you do? He says, well, my nephew and I, we refinish decks. I've got a, I've got a uh, power washer. I said, well, let's, let's start there. So he and his nephew went out and refinished the deck. And you might, you might get 100 bucks or something for refinishing the deck. And I'll fast forward the story. His wife's excellent. She puts together business cards, runs ads in the paper. He ends up refinishing a deck on a million-dollar home on Lake Michigan. It's a reception for the children and everyone who attends the reception says, wow, where'd this deck come from? All of a sudden, he's asked to refinish a log home. He refinishes and refinishes. They build this marvelous business, which then he gave away, because one day he was refinishing a wealthy man's house, and the wealthy man said, you impress me. Tell me your story. The young man told him his story, and he said, you ought to work in my company. So he became a sales manager in one of our local businesses. From there, he became the sales vice president of all of the Americas of a major company in our region. And the other day, he called me and said, I need a business strategy. And I said, okay. So we pulled out our Mike Porter books and so on. We, we developed a strategy. He took the strategy to the owners of the company, which is a European company. They put him in charge of the whole company now. 
So he's my helps pastor, associate pastor. His wife is my administrative pastor. And he and his wife are right there. Stand up, Jeremy and Becca. Hey! Glory to God. So here's, so here's the deal. In the mountain of family, God wants you to begin to declare a thing. He'll establish it, and light will shine on your path. And you'll walk your way right off the deck, <laughs> finishing decks, into what God has for you. <clears throat> if you're in the church world, the church mountain, get ready for promotion. Promotion in the family, promotion in the church, promotion in education. If we don't educate our children, we lose everything. Who's educating the children, Dr. Hilton? Three, if you don't have great businesses, how many know rich countries do better than poor countries? How many know wealthy is good? I became independently wealthy in 1980. I was walking in a field, broke. God came down. He said, I'll make you a great family wherein all the families of the earth will be blessed. And I became independently wealthy with the word of the Lord in just three minutes. And since that time, I've been on a run, a roll. And then there's government, right? The mountain of government. The mountain of media, arts and entertainment. Wherever your work is, you're created for the work, and the work is created for you. And God gave you five things in Genesis, right? You are to be what? Fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's nowhere I cannot go. I will be fruitful. I will multiply. I will fill the earth. I will subdue. Remember, he told them to subdue before there was anything to subdue. The devil always schedules a fight for you. Woke up at four in the morning the other day with a loud voice. Why was Goliath there? So I gave the Ezekiel answer, only you know, Lord. <laughs> and he said he was there because I was making a king. So God has scheduled a fight for you, you can win. He's your fight promoter. He is your fight promoter. He, you know how fight promoters work. They won't schedule a fight you lose. You'll schedule a fight you can win. Your, your success of winnings builds your reputation and you're worth more. God was making a king. Every adversity you're facing is a battle you can win and it'll raise you in the eyes of all your people. I came here Sunday, I put the church in charge of my daughter. She called me, said, Daddy, it's rained six inches in 30 minutes and the church basement's flooded. Well, take a look. Follow the pattern. <laughs> People, we're in a group that knows how to handle adversity. There's nothing that's happening to you that hasn't already happened to some of us. There's no trouble you can get in that us and Jesus can't get you out of. Hey, Labasata. So we have these five things. We're going to be fruitful. We're going to multiply, fill the earth, have dominion, uh, subdue, and have dominion. Here's the word of the Lord. There's an open door before you. Without limitation. It's a door of opportunity without limitation. This is the season we're in. And Dr. Chuck said there's adverse, adverse adversaries, right? The Lord woke me up with a word for Bahamas, which we'll go there in a couple of weeks. The word for Bahamas is there's a, I'm opening the door to business people of unlimited opportunity with surmountable opposition. There'll be opposition, but it's surmountable. We will overcome the opposition. Whatever you got, devil, look out. The gates of hell will not prevail against us. 
And just as my man Jeremy was successful, I, I got so many business success stories. I was in Nairobi last year, prayed over 28 business people, testimony after testimony coming in. They got capital to start new businesses. People who haven't had jobs got jobs. This is something that's transmittable. When Sandy Calkin prayed for you, you got something. And my, my, I'm just going to release this to you right now. You need a new wineskin in the area of business to comprehend the revelation that you were created for work and work was created for you. When your daddy's sperm hit your mommy's egg, everything you needed was created in you to be a success in the world. You have your membership ministry in the church and you have your calling and your sending and your go into the world. And so you need a, a, <laughs> an expansion of your ability to understand what it is I'm imputing and imparting to you. And it's, it's a word I like called comprehension. It's in Ephesians chapter 3. Paul was praying that you might comprehend what is the height and depth and width and breadth of the love of God, you know and the inheritance that you have in the saints, and to be filled with the fullness of God. So here comes an ability to understand what you need to understand for this season of unlimited opportunity and open door. Father, in Jesus' name, I release to your people the ability to comprehend. Not just revelation. A spirit of revelation, yes, you need that. A spirit of understanding, yes, you need that. But it needs to go down into your soul and your heart where you begin to own this thing of success, own this thing of prosperity, own this thing of fruitfulness, own this thing of going into all the earth and doing what God has called you to do. A great apostolic sending anointing is going out over the church. So, Father, I release a new wineskin in your people to comprehend the height and depth, length, width, breadth, all the fullness that you have for us in this season of time, that your people might run through the earth, that it might come to pass as Isaiah 2 and Micah 4 says, in the last days, the mountain of the house of the Lord will be established above the other mountains. <laughs> I promote you today. Promotion, promotion, promotion. Established above, promotion, 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 promotion of the house of the Lord. And you shall be a witness in all the world until all things spoken of by the prophets have been fulfilled. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Christian International's Teaching of the Week. For more information on conferences, training intensives, and other resources to help make a powerful difference, please visit our website at christianinternational.com.